What the crap? How many times a day do you want to say that to politicians, the elite, the loony liberals, the fake news media, and the gender-confused, emotional socialist snowflake crowd? Cut the crap is your secret weapon for fighting for our freedoms and our great republic. It all begins with a massive mental enema, freeing you from the toxic news and politically correct views, which constipate your consciousness with stinking thinking. Your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer. He's known for calling out politicians and telling them to cut the crap. You've seen him on virtually every television network and listened to him on Coast to Coast Radio. And now he's here to help you learn to fight for America. Culture, race, and American politics, they all have one thing in common. They all need to cut the crap. Now, here's your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer. Hey there, folks. Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer. Welcome to Cut the Crap. Of course, crap is only an acronym for culture, race, and American politics. We're going to be talking Carrie Lake. We're going to be talking to Carrie Lake. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, this is the single most important thing that's going on in the United States of America. This is the single most important pivotal moment, I believe, in our elections. And Carrie Lake, I believe, is the single most important person in the United States of America at right at this time. I know it's a lot of pressure, Carrie. <laughs> Whoa! Come on, come on, Jovan. You're it. I mean, you have you are it. I every everybody around the globe is watching you with a bated breath. I was doing uh, a recording in uh, Geneva, Switzerland, the other night. Even around the world, everybody's watching you. You are it. You are the bomb and the rock star for America, and many people know that you are the one on the front lines fighting for every one of us. And they are all praying for you and rooting for you. So let's just kind of start from the top. A lot of this will just be on you. Where are you in the process? What's going on right now? Well, I just need to respond to first what you just said, because that is a lot to put on me. But, But you're right. People around the globe are watching because, thank God, for 2020. I mean, I hate to say that. Thank God for 2020 and the incredible movement that President Trump started in this country of America first, make America great again. If not, if not for his incredible popularity in that movement, we would have not realized how rotten, how stinking rotten our elections are, how corrupt they are. We just wouldn't have known it. We might have suspected it and something didn't go right here. Something didn't feel right there, but we wouldn't have known it. And because he had a massive movement, it was very obvious when when they had to cheat at levels that were so outrageous and install this um, dementia patient in the White House that we went, wait a minute, come on. And then an amazing thing happened in our election. I mean, the fact that I even got into politics is quite amazing. It's it's remarkable. It's almost miraculous because I would have never saw myself walking away from my career. And then to have the people of Arizona say, please run for office and recruit me. And then to have this massive movement, political movement, bigger than we've ever seen in Arizona. And it wasn't about me. It was about we, the people. And when they cheated in our election, it was really even bigger than the cheat in 2020. That it was. It's getting harder and harder for them to stop America First candidates. So they have to cheat in massive ways. And they're hoping that America First candidates will just stop running because it's getting really hard for them to cheat and get us out of office or prevent us from taking office. We have selections, not elections. 
and the world is on to it right now and they're watching. And I do agree, this is the most important case. Javon, I've had people who are you know, still following the fake news who don't even realize the case is moving forward, that we are in the appellate court. And the people who are following realize how important it is because we've never seen an election case go this far. That's right. Where the evidence is actually being put forth to the people. You know, they talk about all the election cases that got thrown out. Oh, look at they lost all their cases. Well, they really never were heard on the merits or the evidence. And now we have the strongest election case in the country being heard on the merits. It's in the appellate court. And we are starting to put the information out and people are waking up every single day and every single minute. And I'm just uh, a person who's who uh, is up for the fight because I realize that I want my kids to have a future and without secure elections. Uh, we won't, our children won't have a future, but it's not, I didn't do all the work. I've got great attorneys. There's people like you. There's people who've been involved in this since 2020, November 3rd, and have been doing uh, hours and hours, hundreds of hours of work, spending their own treasure to get to the bottom of this. And it's really all of us combined who are behind this. Absolutely. I mean, you're putting up a fight. You're exactly what America needs. And People just love the fact that they're transparent and you're there for them and you're going to fight for them. They know you are for the people. And thank God for the even the one case that went to court, because you're right. That was the first time any of this election evidence at all literally got presented. I have to tell you with the judge, I thought he was OK until we had the one fellow, which was the opposition's expert reading <laughs> from a laptop in a zoom in. That's when I kind of thought things were going wrong. But let's talk about new things. I agree. Now, is there? I is, agree. It was just reading it. I mean, it was ridiculous. Well, he was just. And lying. I thought, okay, the judge obviously sees this because you could be, um, you know, you could have half of your brain working and be blind in one eye and and half blind in the other and see what was going on there. But he didn't do anything about it. And I thought, well, he's making a mental note, and he will use that in his judgment of what kind of the caliber of people they brought forth. Their so-called experts were activists, nothing more than activists, and really pathetic. And unfortunately, uh, we see how he ruled. And I thought that you know, too. I mean, I watched, I watched the judge. I was watching very closely. And I thought, finally, you have somebody willing to fight. Finally, you have somebody willing to hear it. And he had me all the way. But when that one activist got up as an expert and has to do it by Zoom, he's obviously reading... Uh, yes, uh, you call it out. You guys call it out. Stop it. The guy lies. I'm not reading and goes right back to it. And the judge said nothing more. I knew something was awry at that point. It was a big letdown. It yeah. was a big letdown. It really um, was. I don't know necessarily, but you kept up the fight. Let's talk about, is well, there a chance that all 10 now get back in or can it, does it only these two get heard again? Could it be allowed that all 10 get heard? Well, our, our initial lawsuit is what you're referring to, 10 right. counts. They were exceptional counts. And uh, the judge only allowed us to bring forth two of those counts, the two that were really hardest to prove. And I think our attorneys did an exceptional job proving yes. them beyond a shadow of a doubt. And this is what our appeals case is on. And I, I hope you don't mind. I look at my notes here. Um, Not at all. Please do. We, we proved our case in, in court. Unfortunately, the judge ruled and, and held us to a standard that really was above what um, what we should have been held to. And exactly. so we, are, we proved the case. Um, very legal and factual ruling is what we're looking for with these appellate judges. If they go to what the standard is, we should win. So we're asking them to look at the standard we were held to and either rule that I am the winner or redo the election or um, 
actually um, throw out Maricopa County, which is a, a precedent. I, so I would love mean to they're only going to look at the one. I mean, I just want to make sure because I have no idea. It's not really going to be like a necessarily second bite at the apple right now. They're only going to look at how the judge define and set the bar for evidence. And they're going to decide whether that was appropriate or not. Is that as far as it goes this next time? Yes. And I don't want to jump ahead of my attorneys. They're about ready to file our reply. Right. And it, it'll be it'll probably be filed by the time this airs. I don't know, Jovan, but um, I believe we we're looking at a, a, a couple of ways of doing it, even maybe even asking for it to go right to the Supreme Court. Skip, you know, asking that one more time. Right. Asking that we have a new trial and we get to present all 10 counts. What I really want is for the people to know. I don't, you know, if they decide, hey, we're going to throw out Maricopa County and declare you the winner. Obviously, that would be great because we know I know for sure we won. Absolutely. Um, I really want the people of Arizona to see everything. I want the people of this country to see everything. I want them to see all 10 counts in a court of law with our lawsuit so they can see with their own eyes what happened, how disgusting our elections are being run. So that would be an option that we, uh, you know, could be a remedy to give us a new trial. I would be happy with that. I, I want, I want people to know what happened. I, you know, whatever the judges decide, and we're going to move it all the way to the Supreme Court. It's going there anyways. We'd love to see it just go there rather than have to go through the appellate court. Whatever happens, either side will move it up to the Supreme Court. So I don't want to get ahead of what my attorneys are filing later tonight. Um, but the, there, there are several options. One would be that we ask them to one more time skip across the um, appellate court, go right to the Supreme Court, take a look at our case. Right. Or as part of the ruling, give us a whole new trial, send it back down to Maricopa Superior Court, give us a whole new trial with all 10 counts. We want to present this signature verification uh, information and evidence that we saw yesterday in that uh, Arizona Senate hearing that was so consequential. And that was a big part of our case, frankly. Right. Part of the case that Judge Thompson said, no, we will not let you present that to the court. Imagine that. How important was that evidence that we saw yesterday that Shelby Bush put forth in front of that uh, committee? 38,000 and change signatures that didn't match at all. Was that out of the whole tranche or just a uh, was that just looking at a, a segment of them? Where did that number come from of uh, 38,000? How, how deep did that go into the investigation? Could there be more? Uh, yes, there could. I mean, let, let me just go into, I'm trying to find all my notes because there was so much revealed yesterday. And right. um, when it comes to what we, what we did was looked at the 2020 election and signature mm -hmm. verification. And there were over 400 and, oh boy. Sorry okay, about this. Just, I, there's so many, there's so many figures. No, here. I understand. We can just use round numbers. It's very easy. 420 some thousand that failed signature verification. Okay. And guess what? We're still using that exact same system, that failure of a signature verification system. Nothing's changed. They're still doing it now. We wanted to show the court these outrageous signatures that were counted as valid ballots. And anybody would see with their own eyes that this is outrageous. They don't match. Many of them had no signatures whatsoever. Those should have been tossed out. This Absolutely. is tens of thousands. Our expert, Dr. Walter Dowerty, or, or the expert yesterday, Dr. Walter Dowerty, said with 99.999% assuredness and confidence, 
Almost 300,000 bad signatures were accepted. 290,000 bad signatures were accepted. Can you imagine that? Is anybody okay with that? I truly ask my Democrat friends, my independent friends, my, my, my fellow citizens in Arizona, are you okay with that? This is not about Democrat Republican right now. It's about the sanctity of our vote. It, it has is about gone over and above. It has because this affects everybody. It's the shoe fits on the other foot. If this was a Republican administration doing this, it's still not okay. It should not happen at all. And in fact, it's my understanding that it is a Arizona statute requirement. Those signatures match, and if there is no signature, they are disqualified. Correct. That's right. And one of the things that we were able to present with our whistleblowers is that we had three of them at Maricopa County who were in the signature verification department. And they said every day they were uh, basically ha having to throw out or put in their rejection basket, if you will, I'm, I'm using that term loosely, in their rejection pile, 10 to 12 or more thousand signatures that were deemed bad, invalid. Now, they should have then next the next day been showing up in the curing section of Maricopa County. But the people in the curing section said, no, we never received that many. We were only getting 1,000 the next day. We were hearing we should be getting 12,000, but only 1,000 would show up. Somewhere between Dictionary, check. dictionary yeah. check is curing means they're going to give the voter a certain time window to cure that, to make sure it's really That's them. Right. Correct? That's right. right. And so you're saying it could be 12,000 a day. But somewhere between that 12,000 being kicked out by the people that are actually doing the verifications and when it got to the end part, they may have only received a thousand. Somebody was intercepting them and approving them. It sounds exactly like. somebody was intercepting them and approving them. They had these little stickers that said approved. They were handing those out like candy and people could just stick the approved signatures on. They didn't have to put their signature to find out who approved that signature. They didn't have to put their initials. Then they also had a third party um, outside group that was doing signature verification, according to our whistleblowers. And there were no, uh, there were no, actually no, no oversight there. This is outrageous the way they have blown and ignored every single law, every single procedure from the manual. It's as if they just don't give a hoot That's about right. the law. And you know why they don't? Because they've been getting away with breaking it over and over and over again. What good is the law? If we if we don't withhold uphold that law and put some teeth behind it. So this and is even more than chain of custody. Am I getting this? That whoever intercepted those, if somebody overrode what the people on the floor said, this does not match. There should be some sort of documentation from at least the supervisor level that said, okay, I am I'm overriding this, I'm approving it. Did I just hear you say it required nothing more than some sort of possibly generic sticker somebody put on it with yep. no additional documentation and accountability for that? Absolutely. And and maybe all of that, let's say there were 12,000 that were rejected. I'm, it's a hypothetical. Right. And only 1,000 ended up over in the curing department. Those 11,000 may not have all had stickers on them even. They might have just been pushed on through. The, F, the whole point was to push as many of these through as bogus as they right. were, as they could. It was about getting them through. And one of, the, one of the things revealed yesterday is that it was impossible for those mail-ins to have been verified. There just wasn't enough time in the day. Right. Now, now, they showed that with uh, you know a lot of, of research behind this, it would take, with the number of people they have, the number of centers they have, and the number of hours in the day, 
to get through all of the mail-in ballots. And pardon me for looking at my notes here. There's so many numbers. It would take um, 30 to 45 seconds to appropriately uh, verify an envelope signature. Right. To let that go through to be counted or not. You have to and pull it up. You have to look at the comparison on file. Yeah. Ostensibly, it's two people and a supervisor doing it. You yep. got to approve it. Let it go through. That's the time study, and that's thirty on the. If you if you've got people just moving along at a record pace, you know, not goofing around, getting to it, thirty seconds. What they're saying is it would have taken. What they're allowing is eight seconds. It's it's humanly impossible to get through over a million, one point nine million, or whatever it was. It's just not possible. And In so the when they're twenty twenty audit. Three people looking at the same ballot, just looking at the check mark for Donald Trump or Biden could not do that function in eight seconds. Just looking at one little, is it a check in what box? That's that, right. That's an erroneous number they picked out of nowhere. So when we hear these clowns, and, and pardon me, I don't mean to insult the clowns in the world, <laughs> Stephen Richer and Bill Gates, not the rich one pushing the vaccines, but the right. moron, the moron working down at Maricopa County, lying to us and say, oh, no, our signature verification is fantastic. Everything's great. They're lying. They're absolutely lying. It's impossible to do what they said was done. He also and lied lying, on the stand about having a pack targeted on the stand about, Yeah. And, I mean, you know, there's, there's article, news articles on it at the left and the right about it. And he said on the stand, said, nope. I don't have yeah, that. I don't where, that. Where, he, where he admitted to it and he even had a tweet out there, which he's right. since uh, deleted. How convenient. I got it. But we, we just can't, you know, Arizona can't handle another election run this way. And this is why I'm still in it. You know, Maricopa County is a laughing stock. When you think about our board of supervisors and you think about, like I said, these clowns, Stephen Richer and Bill Gates and, and the others, they have more power in this country when it comes to selecting our leaders and charting the course for our future, for this country and the people who represent us than almost anybody in the country because they're in charge of an election in a mega county with a massive number of voters where if you take and, and give these, you know, these creeps who are stealing our election, they're diabolically genius in some ways because they figured out they took the model from Chicago and Cook County and they said, wow, if we just go pick these massive counties around the country and put our uh, get our people in there, we can really do a lot of damage when it comes to this country. And that's what they're doing. And it's so important that we take the effort to turn this around and get election reform. It's not fun being in the middle of this fight, Jovan. Trust me, there's days where I just go, oh. I, this I sucks. Pardon my French. This sucks. But we don't have a choice but to stay in this fight right now. What's going to happen? Or Because uh, I can't seem to nail down the date. I know they wanted to push you to mid-March or late March. I know you got it pushed to February 1, so we're coming up on it. But what about this uh, former uh, Supreme Court justice in Arizona that's supposed to look at the printers, were they printing right or what? Where's that going on? Who's who's managing that? That is former um, Justice Ruth McGregor, I believe. If I, I think I've got her name right. Uh, former Supreme Court Justice here in Arizona. And she's going to lead up some sort of a task force to look into that. You know, we we unveiled a lot of information about that from our expert, Clay Parikh, right. in our um, our lawsuit, which is basically the, the issue on Election Day, we found out, was they were printing intentionally the wrong image on the ballot. So they have a 20 inch ballot. They should put a 20 inch 
image on that ballot. Correct. And that's how they would normally be printed out with the ballot. Well, on election day, wow, surprise, all of a sudden a 19-inch image was being printed out on a 20-inch ballot. And it's a big difference. And it was cause it was a big enough difference for the machine to go, holy crud, what's going on? And spit right. it's, out. I ask a question. I, I can't read this. I can't read this. What's up? It's going to artificially suspend it or kick it out. Right. We found out that half a million, um, a half a, a quarter of a million ballots. Again, I'm looking at my notes here that were fed in on election day to the tabulators. A quarter of a million times were spit out. They said it was only 17,000 affected by this. Well, they said yeah, 17,000 were put into the um, into the bin three. But a quarter okay. of a million times, if you inserted your ballot, it got spit out. If you tried to right. insert it again, you know, somebody might have tried to insert it three times one ballot. Right. That's a massive failure. Absolutely. So it, it was intentional. Nobody that wasn't just somebody bumping up against the machine. This happened at an our by our estimate, maybe even higher than this. Fifty nine percent of all polling locations had that ballot printer error where they were printing the wrong image on the ballot, causing the tabulator to jam and, and not read. And so we know what happened with the ballot. And I'm I'm hoping that when Ms. McGregor, Justice McGregor, chooses an expert. She chooses an expert like Clay Perique, who has a resume that is unassailable, unassailable. And they don't pick some goofball like the guy who couldn't even formulate a sentence without reading it when right. he was being cross-examined and frankly, just examined. Uh, do, do both sides have to agree? On, or does she just get to pick it on their own? I'm worried about this because I worried about it with what happened with Karen Fan and then assigning a, uh, a special investigator or whatever you want, a special master when it came to getting the you know, Splunk logs and the routers, and we still never got it. Is she going to have free reign to be able to decide who she wants, or is it going to be something that's going to uh, the Board of Supervisors is going to have a heavy hand in? Well, the Board of Supervisors is behind this and is calling for it. And that's what worries me because we have a very corrupt board of supervisors. Right. I mean, one of the guys on there, the one Democrat is actually working for Katie Hobbs was on her for her phony, uh, you know, administration was on the transition team. And he's now, uh, you know, Jones in to head up the whole Democrat party in Arizona. He's a complete political animal. And I don't mean that in a good sense. And so, and then we have other people who were opposed to the forensic audit why would anybody be against auditing an election? We should be auditing every election, frankly. Especially when it's the safest ever, right? <laughs> yeah, safest, most perfect. I notice they're not saying that as much anymore because you know what? The people are on to their BS. The people right. are on to it. So it does give me um, pause when I think about the, as I call them, clowns behind this. But I will I will say this. I, I believe that Ruth McGregor is a, a credible person, and I hope that she, with her integrity, pushes back against any heavy handedness that the board of supervisors would try to impose upon her. And, and I think about um, former justice Gable, I think it's Gableman right, out, Gableman. Of, out of Wisconsin who did a really good job pinpointing some of the issues in Wisconsin. To me, there were earth shattering issues in Wisconsin when we found out hundred percent, roughly hundred percent of the nursing home patients in Wisconsin voted on election day in 2020. Wow. What about, it? that's a quite a get out the vote turnout. And then you find out that a huge number of them aren't even equipped to feed themselves. They don't know their own name. They don't know their children's name. They don't know what state they live in. Some of them have been um, in a vegetative state for 10 years and they voted. And I think about that having elderly relatives 
and how, what a what a uh, tragedy that is to take that sacred vote and trample on it that way. Somebody obviously stole their vote, and it's despicable. And so I hope that Ruth McGregor uses the same kind of a critical eye and effort that uh, Mr. Gableman did when he looked into Wisconsin. Gableman was good. I, I had a conversation with Gableman, and I offered him an apology. And here's my apology to Gableman. I said, I didn't expect much out of you, know that you came from Voss. And knowing you were an inside guy, how bad Voss is. And I said, I want to let you know, I expected nothing to come from you. And I said, and I am so surprised at the report you put out, being used to all of these, as I call them, not clowns, but rat bastards in the system. And thank <laughs> you for doing that. And he said that he went into it, not really knowing what to expect or what to look at. But even when he saw it. It was so bad, so in the face, and so horrendous. He had to call it out. It was the right thing to do. And, of course, Boston, all those guys, did the typical thing they do. They just cut them off, threw them out with the trash, and ignored it. So Gableman did a phenomenal job. So that is proof mm -hmm. that people can come from inside the system and still do what's right. Because the election fraud is at such high levels and such crazy magnitude right now that it's impossible to ignore it once you start looking at it. Yes. You may you may want to ignore it and say, I want to do a sugar-coated report. And you get in there and you go, wow, this is so much worse. And I will say this about Ruth McGregor. I've met her on several occasions. She's a lovely human being. And I do think she loves this country. And I do think once she gets in and starts digging around and truly if she wants to get to the bottom of this, it's impossible to turn a blind eye to it. It's so egregious and so outrageous. Uh, you know, like I said, it'd be so much easier to just say, oh, it was minor. It was so major. It's a mountain. It's not a hill. It's a mountain of fraud. They're going to have to. We have to have people that love their country more than they love their position. It's like Golda Meir said when I was a kid that we're going to find start getting these suicide bombers when those parents love their children more than they hate us Jews. And that's what we have to have. We're going to have to have people that love America more than their position. Let's talk about those 25,000 odd ballots. I'm not really sure how they popped up in the system after the fact. That's about all I have on it. What's the story behind those supposed 25,000 ballots? Well, I, I want the story. <laughs> We're trying to get the story on that. I think they're saying, well, it was all an estimate. And, you know, that that original amount was just an estimate. We can put out an estimate. This is why we have chain of custody. We need to know exactly where each ballot is at all times. That's what you have to have when you have mail-in ballots. You know, I think when people agreed that mail-in ballots, when many people said, hey, we, we're okay with that, we'd like that as convenient, right. they assumed there were going to be some security features. And we have two security features. One is a chain of custody. The other one, the most important one, is voter uh, signature verification. We right. already know the signature verification is a joke. They don't even right. have it. It's not working. It is it's it's horrendous the way they're uh, handling signature verification because they're not doing it. And they didn't also follow chain of custody. And so by having this kind of loosey-goosey chain of custody, we don't know how many ballots there were. So then they, when they added 25,000 more two days later, now they're trying to say that these were all estimates. Well, that's not how it works. This isn't a guesstimate type of thing. We're talking about elections, numbers of ballots. Numbers are how you win. How many, not ballots, but votes did you get? And I think, uh, you know, maybe we should be flattered. Uh, our movement is so amazing. Our movement here in Arizona of we, the people is so massive, so big. 
Democrats, independents, Republicans, everyone is with us, that they had to throw in 300,000 phony, bogus ballots. I call them bogus because there's no chain of custody leading up to the election. And we have a right. whistleblower who attests to that. And then they had to play all this funny business with voter fair, uh, voter signature verification, which was a complete joke, to the tune of, I think our guy said, uh, 290,000. If, if he got really, even the lowest level he could say was 140,000, but that's right. still a ton of ballots. They still didn't cheat enough. They had to sabotage election day. That still wasn't enough to slow our movement. Two days after elections, they had to throw in 25,000 more ballots. At this point, I don't believe a word coming out of their mouth. Anything Maricopa County could say is just not believable. And the way they behaved in their attorney, Thomas Liddy, in his closing arguments, blaming voters for this yes. problem. How dare you vote on election day? How dare you vote on election day? I thought that was ridiculous. Uh, Talk right. about somebody making themselves an ass in court. That was definitely it. It came off as incredibly arrogant, but shaming the voters for the outcome as if the yeah. voters did this. No, the voters did not do it. I was impressed with the numbers. There were more election day votes in your uh, general than there was in the 2020 election. That's right? how fed up. It was 165,844. You had almost 269,000, if I remember the number. That is massive when it comes to a midterm general. That is off the charts. That Well, two things. One, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back, but the people is a pat on the back. We're fed up. People are so fed up with what's happening. A wide open border. Cartels in control of the border. Cartels um, pushing drugs through. Cartels basically destroying Arizona. We've got crime that's skyrocketing. We have schools brainwashing our children, psychologically abusing them. Uh, murders are up. We have, uh, you know, you name it. There's issues in Arizona right now, and nothing's getting accomplished. So people are fed up, and they realize, wow, we can't afford to sit on the sidelines. Secondarily, 2020 was a disaster, and people don't trust mail-in ballots anymore. So they showed up on election day. And I, you know, one of the things that Thomas Liddy lied about was saying that I was telling everybody, don't you dare mail-in ballot. You got to show up on election day. Every single day I went out and spoke, I did six to 10 meetings and events a day. We did ask me anythings. We did rallies. And when people would ask about how to vote, how I recommended they vote, I said, vote whatever way you're comfortable. If you've got a mail-in ballot sitting on your mm -hmm. counter, Mail it in and get it in there. Drop it mm -hmm. off down at the uh, you know the uh, recorder's office. You know I told them I'm not crazy about the drop boxes. We got a lot of problems, but we got to vote within the system we have at this point. Right. Or vote on election day. I said whatever you're comfortable, but just make sure you vote. And we will fix it when I get into office. And that was my plan starting on day one. Not only was my plan on day one to uh, declare an invasion on our border get boots on the ground and start securing our border and securing the people of Arizona. But that same day, I plan to call a special session to get to one day voting, get rid of these mail-in ballots, which are fraught uh, with fraud, right, and right. take on and tackle election integrity and reform for once and for all. And the people want that. They absolutely do. This whole narrative that the, the BS media has been trying to push, which is election deniers. Nobody wants to even uh, you know vote for them. Every time I did an event, question and answer came up. The people would ask, what are you going to do to reform and, and ensure integrity in our elections? I didn't bring it up. They did. 
And I would always say, how many in here feel that's a big issue? Every single hand in the place would go up. Every single hand. They would cheer. They want to have reform to our elections. This is a BS narrative that the media is pushing. Look, people know this. I, I tell people, of all the states, and I mean this, Arizona's ground zero. It is the perfect conversion with everything that's wrong with the system, where they all converge in one place. Why? You got an old rhino system. You have liberals trying to take over a red state and dominate it. You've got mafia on the ground. You've got uh, cartels on the ground. You've got human trafficking, drug trafficking, and you're a border state. And ballot trafficking. Right, and ballot (laughs) trafficking. You better believe it. Everything is triangulating in your state. That is why they are fighting so hard to take over the soul of Arizona, because you're it. If you get this plug, it changes the entire game. So let's just that's why they had that's why they had to stop me. The headline about two months before the election that said the most dangerous politician in America. I scroll down, it has my picture. I'm not dangerous. I'm dangerous to their system, to their corrupt, rotten system. And that's why they had to steal this in broad daylight. They didn't even care that we saw. They're kind of like, we don't care that you saw. We know we stole it. What are you going to do about it? What are the GOPers saying in Arizona? Some of the people that just kind of ignored this stuff, and you don't have to name names, but is even the GOP coming around? Because in 2020 with our audit and all that stuff, a lot of them ignored it. They couldn't even embrace something was wrong in Arizona. Now they know it. For God's sakes, you had a midterm as long as as large of a turnout as a presidential election. Are they finally embracing this? No, 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 no. They're, you know, the the establishment uh, real hardcore is, I think John Rich calls them Judas Republicans. He goes, they're not even rhinos, they're Judas Republicans. Let's remember who stole this election. The Judas Republicans. That's right. It was Stephen Richer and Bill Gates. It was those guys. That's right. The Democrats did their usual thing. But but the corrupt machine is made up of some Republicans and many Democrats. And they don't want America first. They don't want Arizona first. They don't want moms and dads and the people, we the people, taking our government back. And so that's who's behind it. I'm not going to say all Republicans. Oh, my goodness. There's some amazing Republicans who are helping and they're trying to get information out. And, you know, the people who've registered as Republican who are America first Republicans. But the typical rhino establishment type, they want to now they're trying to re trying to re um, change the story, change the narrative, say we had a horrible campaign, a horrible candidate. No, I was an I am an exceptional candidate. Yes, you are. And I'm not trying to be both out attacking you, saying your game plan was wrong. You just went right for Arizona. We ran a perfect campaign. It was flawed. We ran a perfect campaign. We brought people in. I wanted to work with people who even were on the establishment side because I said, look, we all drink water. Let's come up with some solutions for our water. We want a secure border. We don't want our kids getting fentanyl. We want great schools. Let's work on these things together. And I was actually bringing people in. And um, they, I'm just too dangerous to their system. But what they, they don't realize is that they picked a fight with the wrong woman. And I will not back down. I will not leave Arizona a state where our wonderful citizens don't have a vote. This isn't just about Maricopa County. Imagine being in Gila County. Imagine being in Mojave County, Cochise County, 
uh, you know, Navajo County, Apache, any of these counties, your vote has been perverted, watered down by all of the shenanigans and the corruption in Maricopa County. And the people all over this state want me to stay in the fight. If I hadn't stayed in the fight and fought this as we are in the courts, every day more information is coming out and it's making its way to the people. And so just by staying in the fight, and I won't go away. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they write about me. I don't care how they lie about me. They cannot harm me. I don't care what they say about anything about me. All I care is that we have secure elections. This is, as I said, this is the hill I will die on because this is worth it. And it's that important. We can't have anything else that we need. We can't take back our government. We can't have secure borders, excellent schools, safe streets, we can't end the scourge of fentanyl and other hardcore drugs if we don't choose the people who represent us. Well, you're right. You look, you've got the both the the bad system and supposedly good conservatives that are now we're realizing bad they're against you because you're you're a threat on multiple fronts and it's very obvious sitting on the outside, but the fact that you have so many people from the left that have embraced you and love you so many uh, party not determined, the ones that won't identify as a Democrat or Republican that love you. So many people, if we want to use their terms of color in Arizona that woke up to you or, or saw you every day for 27 years or whatever it was that love you, know you and trust you. This is they know it's big. You're definitely the right person for it. So just two other things. What can we expect just the process to be when we get to this February 1st? What should we be focusing on and how can we support you? Uh, well, from what I understand, you know, today we are going to be putting our reply out. So we, we brought our case. We appealed it to the appeal appellate court. And um, last week, the I think it was Friday or was it Monday? I can't remember. The uh, defense put their rebuttal. Today, our reply is due. And then what I understand is on February 1st, the three panel uh, appellate court judges, three judges. One was appointed by a Democrat, two by a Republican. But th in this day and age, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, they will take a look at all the evidence. They're going to take a look at everything that we were able to put into our original case. They're going to take a look at all of the replies and rebuttals, and they're going to pour over that and make a decision. Now, a lot now, that, of the not to interrupt, but that's behind closed doors. You're not there. Nobody's talking. They're just looking it over and we're going to be waiting with bated breath for a decision. Is that how it yes, works? I don't believe that. Uh, I think they had scheduled possible verbal um, uh, oral arguments. Right. And I don't know that they've um, doubled down on that and said we're going to have that. I think that if, if they feel they need that, that okay. they will call that. Okay. Um, but you know, I want to I want to make a point right now, Javon, because a lot of people were critical of our case. And, you know, we only had five hours. This is an expedited case. It's a unique case. It's not a typical court case when you're when you're challenging an election and it has to be done in 10 days. That's why it was a speeded up process. So the right. whole process has to take 10 days, including the verdict. And the judge only gave us two counts to argue. And then uh, he gave us five hours to prove that in court. And so obviously we had dozens upon dozens of people who were disenfranchised. They came forward. I, I'm sure people out there saw the videos of them. It was tragic to hear people on a full long, a full day odyssey trying to find out how they could vote. They couldn't stand in line. They couldn't, the machines didn't work. They went to another location. The machines didn't work there. They kept going all over and the machines didn't work uh, and not even being able to vote. So we had a thousand pages of declarations, sworn declarations um, you know, that were put together by attorneys and, and signed under the penalty of perjury. Right. And those were all submitted to the judge. 
Now, I don't know that he was able to read through all of that. Our original judge, he right. sounded like he was going to, but I, you know, it only took him a little more than a day to put that ruling out. And a thousand pages of declarations is a lot to read in a day. But hopefully the appellate court is digging through them and will read these because they're heart-wrenching. They're heart-wrenching to see people who have had their vote trampled upon. And we have a lot of evidence here in there that wasn't um, put forth in that five hours because we didn't have a lot of time, but it is part of the case. And I want people to know that. And regardless what happens on the first, we're hoping for the best. But if it goes sideways, there are still other options open. Is that correct? Yes, we will appeal this to the Arizona Supreme Court. We're not stopping. I am not stopping until we have ex exhausted every single avenue to fight this legally. I won't be stopping. Awesome. Just how, can we, how can we support you? And I know you have possibly an event coming up. I, I know you maybe you know the day or whatever. How yes. can we support you uh, as you're getting ready to head into this uh, important date we've got coming real close? Well, we're having a Sunday rally where we uh, we have people who are reaching out saying we need to get together. We are still with you and we want to come together and just show support for this amazing cause of election reform and election integrity. So we're having that on Sunday and we're still um, determining the location because I, I personally think we should have it inside. It's a little chilly here in Arizona. So we'll be getting the information out on that. Um, it's Sunday, so mark your calendar for this Sunday. On the 1st, the appellate court judges will take up our case if you want to find out more about it. If you want to help, make a donation to help pay for some of our legal fees. They are piling up. I'm not begging for uh, money because I know people, uh, it's tough times right now. But if you can make a donation, you can go to savearizonafund.com. Okay. If not, then just keep me in your prayers. Keep our attorneys in your prayers. Keep um, the judges in your prayers and keep our republic in your prayers. We we need God right now more than ever to uh, swing in and wrap his arms around this whole country and, and help save it. You better believe it. On this, uh, uh, the date the first, do they normally give their reply or answer within that same day? Uh does it have the ability to be delayed for a bit? Do you have any I, idea? What I don't say? have the answer for that. I, I'm assuming it's going to take a few days that they'll be okay. looking at all of this. So I don't have the answer for that, Jovan. Not a problem. But I do Listen. know the defense initially wanted to kind of make a little bit of a deal with us and, and push this thing, drag it out a little more. And I said, heck no. Mm -hmm. Not no, I'm not like, dragging it out. I want We're to tell gonna... you, you epitomize everything we should really have in politicians. And I even hate, I don't like using the word politicians when it comes to you, because I don't look at you as a politician. You're something different. And I just have to say, even watching from afar, uh, watching your work, the times we met, everything else, you are what I wish every state had at just at least one of, because we could change the face of our nation. So I, I know there are millions and millions of people, not only just in Arizona, but around the globe that are rooting for you. And what you stand for is so paramount. And I know it's it's a weight on your shoulders, but it's just the truth. Your work and your stick to and never give up is so important, not only to every single state in this country, but I'm talking the entire globe because they know if America mm -hmm. goes down, they go down. And so- I just want to be, and I know you can't read all the fan mail and email and you're getting hammered every day with thousands of email. I just want to say, number one, God bless you, but also thank you. 
Thank you for sticking oh, wow. up for every single one of us and being real. I mean, just being real and in it for us. I know your family and everybody gets bashed for this, but I just want to say thank you for everybody out there because we're wow. all rooting for you. You, you really are going to try to make me cry, aren't you, Jovan? <laughs> it's just the truth. And, and, my, and my words um, can't even express it right. It is just well, the truth. I uh, thank you for that. I mean, you know, it, it's it's the prayers. It's the wonderful emails that, you know, there's a lot of trolls out there. I know that I'm actually, I know we're on to something, Jovan, because the trolls are on me so hard on Twitter. And every time I see that, I laugh. I just laugh. I go... They've got every troll farm they could find in the whole world attacking me on Twitter. And, but when the real people reach out, they say exactly what you said. Thank you. And it's, I I'm, I'm just lucky to be here at this moment. And I hope everyone feels that way as tough as this moment is, we are so blessed to be here. You know, it's, we're blessed to be here at a pivotal moment in history. I say it all the time when I was doing rallies, God did not make a mistake when he put each and every one of us here at this time. This is a critical time. He is looking at us going, you are the people to lead this country through. And so I'm honored to be here. Um, you know, I have my days where I'm a little bit tired, but it's, it's not just, I'm not doing all the work. I've got an, a, attorneys who are working their butts off, who are, you know, facing sanctions for this, facing losing their livelihood. It's amazing. These patriotic attorneys who say, I don't care. I don't care if they sanction me. This is so important. We, we have researchers helping out. We have people praying. We have people rooting for us, people making donations. It's not just me. It truly isn't. It is we, the people, and this is our moment. And, um, and, and these, as I called them earlier, clowns picked the wrong person to pick a fight with. If they think I will ever back down from this, we're going all the way and we're going to win this because we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of the evidence. They cheated. They lied. They sabotaged our elections, they stole our vote, and they installed a bunch of frauds in Arizona's state government. And we're not going to sit back and take that. Absolutely. So I'm going to keep fighting. And I know you're with me and you've done so much work. It's appreciated. The, the love is, is mutual. And we do need more non-politicians in politics. Amen. Thank you for all you do. Best of luck. We'll be watching and supporting you. Um, and thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you, Jovan. Appreciate it. Take care. Most people are afraid to stand up and speak out, but not you. You've been learning how to tell the system to cut the crap. What can I do to help save the America I love? And the answer is learn how to fight back and tell the system to cut the crap. Cut the crap's not just a radio program. It's a movement, the right kind of movement, which breaks free the conservative constipation and reminds you that you are the majority. And we're just not going to take it anymore. Make sure you're following Joe Von Hunt and Pulitzer on all social media. See you next week. And between now and then, take a stand and tell them all to cut the crap. We've got all the right in the world on our side. And there ain't no reason to be afraid. And there ain't no reason to not take the challenge dead on. Because I'm going to tell you who we come from, folks. We don't come from some weak, jellyback, spineless people. That's not who we come from. None of us. And it doesn't matter what color you are, what nation your folks hail from, how much money you got. We all share the same name. We are Americans. And at Bunker Hill, there was Americans. 
and at Fredericksburg and Gettysburg, there was Americans. And at Iwo Jima, raising that flag on Sarabachi, it was Americans. And at Porktop Hill, there was Americans. Quezon, there was Americans. And on 9-11, there was Americans who ran towards those burning buildings. That is who you share your heritage with. You do not share your heritage with a weak and ineffective people who tower at the side of trouble. You share your heritage with a strong and brave people who are determined to hold on to their freedom and for the freedom of future generations. Guys, it's time for us to stand up and be that generation. It's time for us to stand strong and proud and remember who we are, that we are Americans. And as long as we stand as the vanguard of freedom in this nation, Freedom will survive. Not only survive, but fly. So guys, it's time to put on a packs. It's time to fix those bayonets. It's time to get ready. We got a fight on our hands. And our fight is not for us. For all those generations that's going to come behind us. Let's save America, folks. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 260 million of you shop here weekly. And did you know you spend about $1,400 each year? Two and a half million of you shop here daily, and you give them $1,000 each year. Combined, that's a half a trillion dollars annually. And you think it's the American way to shop? Think again. Your hard-earned money is being funneled to bad organizations. The consumable products you buy, well, they're washing America down the drain. Think about where you spend your money. Folks, we have to save America from socialism. We need to make the woke go broke. First things first, and that's America first. You need to follow the money. You need to follow your money and make the woke go broke. So I will show you how to save America from socialism. Go to makewokegobroke.click. Yes, dot click. Makewokegobroke.click. Makewokegobroke.click and do it now. Your your purchases are murdering America. Most people swear they love America, yet they are killing America one shopping cart at a time. Four woke mega funds control $22 trillion, and they pushed all the brands into just 11 companies. Let's just look at lotions, hand cream, soaps, and detergents. When you spend your money and you go shopping here, that money goes right out the door, and as it's distributed and broken apart, it goes into that dark, ugly, icky funnel of money that funnels to impacting America negatively. Your money funds Black Lives Matter, Critical Race Theory, Antifa, the trans agenda. You have to make a choice to save America, folks. Make woke go broke dot click will teach you. Quit pumping, pumping, pumping your money into these woke companies. You have to choose to save America. Do it now. Go to make woke 
WokeGoBroke.click. Make WokeGoBroke.click. Do it now. Twice. 